Welcome to another episode of Yesterday's Capers. I'm Abdullah Molim, and every week I'll be bringing you the very best shows from the past that the world has to offer. Happy Black History Month! Yes, it's that time again, and for the next month, we'll be looking back at some of the most memorable black cartoons and TV shows. This week, we got more sitcoms, but with brilliant black women leads, as we talk 227, Give Me a Break, and That's My Mama. Three outstanding shows starring some great actresses. So, let's get started. And uh, joining me as ever, it's producer Paul. Hey man, how's it going? I'm good, man. You know what? I am genuinely have no idea about who I'm going to pick. I I thought all three shows were tremendous. Yeah, this show, this, sorry, this week was like outstanding. Like outstanding in uh, in quality. I've really, 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 really liked all three shows. Yeah, me too. I was laughing at all the jokes, at all the quips and the lines. Some, like I said, brilliant actresses. Some brilliant shows. It's yeah. I, I let's. I mean, let's let's get started right away. I'm 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 excited to talk about these shows. I mean, we'll start with uh, that's my mama because it's the uh, the oldest of the lot, and this show came out in September 1974, and uh, some of the things happening in the world. President Gerald Ford pardons former President Richard Nixon. Daredevil, Evil Knievel, fails to cross the Snake River Canyon in Idaho in a rocket-propelled sky cycle. CFAX, one of the first public service information systems, is started by the BBC. Juggernaut was in the cinemas. And Kung Fu Fighting by Carl Douglas was number one in the charts. Yeah, I know this one. Of course you do. <laughs> I was gonna say, like, you didn't know kung fu fighting. Shoot, big, big tune, big, big tune. So we're talking about that's my mama, which was a an American television sitcom. It's a shame that it was never really a, a rating success. It was not one of the uh, top thirty most watched U.S. programs in the Nielsen ratings. And as a result, the series ended on Christmas Eve of 1975. It was the first series to be produced by Columbia Pictures Television. It's set in a middle-class African-American neighborhood in Washington, D.C. And the program revolved around the character Clifton Curtis, a man in his mid-twenties who worked as a barber at an Oscars barbershop, which was a family barbershop that he had inherited from his late father. While Clifton enjoyed being a bachelor, his loving but tart-tongued and opinionated mother, Eloise Mama Curtis, wanted him to settle down and find a nice wife. Additional characters, such as Clifton's two best friends, Earl, played by Teddy Wilson, who is an easygoing mailman, and Junior, played by Ted Lang, who is a suave and good-humoured ladies' man, and he would come over the course of a typical day at the barbershop. So when Junior comes into the room, he'll say, Woo-wee! I got it, I got it, and I got to report it. He'd, yeah, he'd just come in, and then that's when he'd um, tell a juicy bit of gossip to uh, Clifton or any, or just about any other person in uh, the barber, as 
you know, black barbers is always uh, the scene of uh, many conversations and lots of talk happening in, in barbers where, we, you know, we'll talk about life, we'll talk about relationships, sports, um, eh, just, uh, yeah, just about everything. What, what, what's been said in the barbers stays in the barbers, of course. And uh, other characters included Tracy, who was Clifton's little sister, played by Lynn Moody and later by Joan Pringle and her husband, Leonard, as well as local seniors, Josh and Wildcat. And the original name for That's My Mama was the first family of Washington, not first as in the number first, but F-U-R-S-T. I believe that might have been their name. Yeah, so the first family of Washington, one year before, and one year before the series debuted, ABC aired the pilot episode of this version, starring Merritt, starring Merritt opposite Godfrey Cambridge as her son Oscar as a one-off special. And in Coming to America, Eddie Murphy has a brief role as Randy Watson, who is explained by Arsenio Hall's character Reverend Brown to have played Joe the Policeman in the fictional What's Going Down episode of That's My Mama. And in Family Guy, Mr. Griffin goes to Washington. So Peter's testifying before Congress, trying to think of a snappy line in which to end his speech. And then he goes, well, that's my mama. And it's obviously the tagline at each of the, um, at the end of uh, That's My Mama episode prologue. So that's my mama. Does that much really happen in a barber's? Like, is it an American yeah. thing or is it like... because no, they're, like, like, they're playing checkers and they're like, chilling and... It, honestly, that's where it is. It's like it's a place for you to just kind of... It's therapy almost. Yeah. I mean, when I go to a barber's, I sit down, I say as little as possible and I leave and I pay the man. That's like... <laughs> I, I don't like that chit-chat and I don't like the... Um, uh, you know, being in being in there longer than I absolutely have to be. So I'm literally like kind of uh, in sit down, what short back and sides. <laughs> See you later. That's uh, the 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 Brit in you, isn't it? I mean, from yeah, from from for 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 most times that is uh, the case. But yeah, just black barbers. It's just it's different there. Like you can go there, you can talk. It's like I said, it's therapy. Just go there, just let it out your chest. Your barber is almost like your counsellor. You're just talking to him about stuff. I mean, I, one one thing I did like is his commute to work. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's like outside, of, you know, through his kitchen and then straight into the uh, into the barber shop. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is a... It, it is like, that's, that, that is kind of like what happens in the barbers. Maybe it's not as... Uh, as... Um, Actually, it is like I'm most like like bar like most black barbers I've been to is always a lively discussion about something or another, and like I said, it's it can be anything and everything and all that's in between. So that's it's what happens. And as for the show, like I, it's a shame I could only find two episodes because. Yeah, actually, I was going to say that's one of the one of the real downfalls of this. Um, um, of that's my mama was there was only two episodes on on the internet. 
yeah, I would have happily have, 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 have watched more given given the chance. But it was one of those where, yeah, you just have to that's your lot really and just get on with it. And from what I kind of found, I thought this show was so good. Yeah. I mean I mean we'll talk about it when we talk about episodes. I think there might have been one really, really inappropriate joke, but obviously this was what, seventy four? Yeah, like the times were different, the world was different, everything was different. I think it's really unlucky that it was kind of sandwiched in the middle of other sitcoms that people were watching. So I'm sure at the time people might have been watching Sanford and Sons or The Jeffersons or Good Times. So I'm sure they would have had to have um, compete with those, and they were never really gonna get the, the 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 clout or the traction that those shows got yeah and i guess it's fair enough because you know good times is just yeah it it, it is just good times is legendary it's it's iconic it's it's one of the best ever and so if they had to kind of compete with that and try to uh make their way through all of that then um I guess they were always going to struggle, but yeah, it's 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 a shame that it that not a lot of people were watching this because it was fantastic. I could have watched more. Yeah, I thought it was brilliant, and yeah, you're right. I could have I could have watched more. So uh, I'm guessing you watched both episodes, or yeah. So should we we do one each, shall we? Yeah, you can you you can uh, take the pilot, and I'll take the one about the gun. I love this episode. It was great, and they did a brilliant joke in there. Um, uh, it was like my favourite joke. Like for all three shows, it was the best joke in there. Um, uh, but I'll say that when. Sorry, I've just lost my place in my notes. Okay, sorry. So um, I don't know exactly what episode this was, but um, so basically, it starts off and this is the pilot whose child oh, is, is this. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, cool. So whose child is this? Yeah. So Clifford wakes up and he's in a, a great mood. Uh, he's obviously had a very, very decent night. Uh, Mama's not in a great mood at all, and um, she turns out that she wants him to get married. He's kind of like a, a bit of a lad, and he goes, and he's going out. And he's got kind of a new girl every night, and then he says, "I got, I got home at. Um, I was in bed by ten thirty last night." And then she goes, "What? You didn't go? You you didn't get back till four? And he's like, "Yeah." <laughs> 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 um, so, so I've got, you know, it's funny. Um, so, yeah, so she wants him to get married. He doesn't want to. He's having a good time. And so he goes to work in a barber's, which is attached to the house. I loved that moment where he just kind of walks straight to work. That really, that's, that's awesome. And and a woman, kind of woman comes in that he doesn't recognize, but she's like, oh, Clifton. And she kind of hugs him. And then like, he's like, yeah, all right. Why not? Um, and it turns out that this woman was, um, they were together very briefly for a night or something. Um, just she after was they... working as a waitress in a cocktail bar. No, she's working as a waitress in an army camp. Yeah, yeah. I just thought, yeah. Oh, that's... Um... I was going to say, please tell me you got my reference. No, I did, yeah. No. Please, I beg. Is it, um, it's, it's not Rick Astley, is it? That one? No. Human Who... League, don't you want me? Yeah, yeah. She was working as a waitress in a cocktail bar. When I found you, is yeah, that it? When that I one. met you, when I found yeah, you, yeah, when I, yeah, when I met you, she picked me up and something, something, and turned around. Yeah, I like. 
Um, I like this song actually. Uh, so sorry. Um, so yeah, she comes in and yeah, they met him in the army camp. And I guess that was was it Vietnam? He must have been in or something. Yeah, like yeah. That. Got dis- it's got to be Nam. Yeah. So he got discharged from the army, and he was with this woman. And it turns out that she's like had his baby, and she's like, "This is your baby," and he's like freaks out. And she's like, "All I want is to marry you." And yeah, he kind of like freaks freaks out, and L comes in and recognizes the woman from when they were because they were out together when they met, and he's like, "Ah, how you did it? What's that? What's the name again? I think her name's like Judy, Judy, Judith." Yeah, and um, uh, so she leaves. Mama comes in and quiz like, "Oh, I heard a woman's voice. Uh, what's going on?" Sort of thing, and then she, and then Mama leaves again, and then um, Judy comes back with the with the actual baby and, and kind of like tries to put it in his hands and he's like no like I ain't having any of it and then uh mama comes back in uh oh no junior comes in at that point and he says um I, I've already heard the news because <laughs> he talk- <laughs> because L's got like a big mouth and he says to Earl like when he leaves don't tell anyone about this yeah <laughs> but yeah no worries and, and he goes he goes did Judy comes in, he's already heard the news and he's like, oh, like, you've got baby and are you going to get married? And he's like, oh, did, did Earl tell you? He goes, no, I heard Earl <laughs> tell someone else. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so I really like that. That's brilliant. Um, oh, there's two jokes in this part now that is just, I thought it's very simple, but it's it made me laugh so much. Oh, you do the jokes because I didn't write them down. Okay, yeah, so obviously they want to find out the blood type and they're like, oh, the blood type is O. They're like, oh, 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 I thought that was great. And then obviously there's a bit where, um, where mama is holding the baby and she goes, oh, if you, you know, I have a funny feeling that this baby looks like Clifton. She's looking at the baby going, oh, Clifton, 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 Clifton. (laughs) And and I did it with her and it was just the best. I love, she's like. Clifton, Clifton, <laughs> Clifton. I love the way he flinches as well. He's like, oh, yeah. God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So she, yeah, so she comes in and coos off the. Um, so Clifton doesn't want the baby or the marriage, and because he's saying it's not true. Yeah, yeah, and then the baby, they're playing checkers in the barbers. Yeah, um, and I said it's that American thing, um, and then his, tris- his sister comes in and she's heard. I think it's just in the house at this point, and she's mad at him. She's like, "What are you doing, Joker?" kind of thing. Um, she's married, and Mama's happy about it. She she likes she likes that she's married, and she kind of throws digs at Clifton that she's married and he's not. <laughs> uh, so Judy's coming around with her lawyer, and he's she's mad at her as well. So she's kind of giving her things, and then oh yeah, that's when I put the blood type thing um, but blood type doesn't actually mean anything anyway you can have two different parents with the same blood type but the baby can be different blood um i learned that on only fools and horses oh i thought it was going to be a, a salient parent comment now you're talking about you learned that from only fools and horses you're kind of like taking it away a little bit now blood's thicker than water the episode's called it's great actually <laughs> um, i mean yeah I, I thought this was like oh yeah because um because i'm a, i'm a father and i've i've, I've got a child and but here you are trying to make a, another Only Fools and Horses reference. Yeah, I mean, what, what, I've got to get him in where I can. Um, <laughs> um, so, so basically, Judy says, like, oh, the, the lawyer's trying to go down the like the payout route, 
Like, just give me some, give me, give her some money, and then she's going down the. Oh, I want, I, you know, I just want to get married, kind of thing. Uh, then, Mum was like, "Right, can I have a word to my son here?" Because he's like, "All right, I'll pay you," kind of thing. And then she's like, oh, "I'll have a word to my son," and then he's like, "Mum, I swear to God, this is not, you know, it's not what it seems like." And she's like, "Yeah, I don't, I don't believe her." Um, so then she goes, "Right." okay, you can marry my son then. And they kind of call the bluff on her. And it turns out, it was something that went on here, but I didn't, there was a woo, but I think I turned my head for a second. Turns out that basically it's a scam and... It's because um, Earl walks in and he recognises Teddy. So he's like, hey man, what's going on? And he goes, oh, he's, I don't know you, I'm a lawyer. And he goes, no, you're not. I saw you working at some other place down the road or whatever. Yeah, he's, he's a chef or a cook or something, isn't he? Yeah. He's not, um, yeah, he's not a lawyer at all, and and um, yeah. So so basically, they get caught out. It's a whole thing's a scam. And then Mama wants him to settle down and have a baby. He says, "All right, I'll go and pick up a woman at the bar right now." Um, <laughs> um, yeah, and that's the end of the episode. So we're kind of a big laugh, and that's my mama. Yeah, I mean, what else did I write? Yeah, yeah, it was it was it was a, a hustle all along. Cool. So the episode called the gun. And so, I think yeah, it starts with a Junior coming in, and he's basically telling the barbershop that Earl was robbed. And he's obviously, you know, being all gossipy and like, oh, do you believe it, man? He got robbed and, and all this stuff. Earl comes in, he's all disheveled. Yeah, they even took his clothes, didn't they? <laughs> yeah. So he's walking in, you know, with all mismatched clothes. And so Earl's like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get a gun. And so we find out that Clifton is kind of feeling the same way. And so he's applying for a gun permit or he applied for a gun permit a month, a month earlier. And so obviously Mama's very adamant that she don't want a gun in the house. It's necessarily not going to make them safer. And so, yeah, so they get the gun and they're thinking about where they could hide it. I think this is where um is it L or yeah L says to him uh, it goes uh it's his constitutional right to bear arms, and then and then um Clifton says yeah like it's my um it's my right to have equal opportunities regardless of race and uh, color oh so it, like and all yeah, of that, yeah. It's, it's a real dig um yeah. to the thing I really like that anyway God sorry well that's a good point actually. And so um, Leonard and Tracy, they're basically trying to get ready for a party and it's all dark. Leonard's in the mirror and Clifton's thinking he's a burglar. He lets a shot out and everyone's thinking, oh, damn. But he ends up shooting the mirror and Leonard faints. Yeah, he's on the floor. They think he's been shot. He's like, he's just yeah, out. And he's just like, get up, you idiot. Like, everyone's like, oh, I didn't shoot him. I didn't shoot him and shot the mirror. And obviously... What's her name? Yeah, Tracy's like, oh, you shot him, you shot him, you idiot. And you're like thinking, oh, my God, what's what's, what's all this all about? And then obviously it's a, it's a joke. He's like, oh, wow, the only thing I shot was the mirror. Like, calm down. And Leonard's all, like, disheveled. And he's basically um, trying to confess to all the bad things that he's done. So he goes, oh, I was... Because he thinks know, he's been shot as well, doesn't he? Yeah. So he's like, oh, I've... um. I was in uh, Cleveland or whatever. I meet this girl. She's like, oh, carry on. And obviously Cl- Clifton's like, shut your ass up. And she, and they're like, oh, no, no. 
carry on. <laughs> and then Mama's basically telling Clifton how stupid he is for having the gun. And Mama's like, you know what? Look, please get rid of this gun for me. And so Clifton's like, all right, fine. I'll take the gun back. And then a real robber comes. And yeah, he runs into Clifton. And he's grabbing the gun. He's just waving, going, yo, 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 this is a, a stick-up, what, what not. And then they're trying to reason with the burglar. And so he's like, oh, give me your gun. And he's like, oh, you've already got my gun. And he's like, okay, then. <laughs> you, better, you better put your hands up and, 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 take, and let me take what I want. And they're trying to reason with the burglar. He's got this silver plate of hers. And she's like, oh, you know, give it back. and. Yeah, they and she's like, you know what? You can shoot all you like. There's no bullets, and and whatnot. And then obviously, the burglar's like, oh, I I can't believe I quit my job as a an investment banker or something, and 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 I've decided to take up a robbering or being being a robber. Yeah. Oh yeah, because there is a difference between burglar burgling a house and robbing a house. Burglary is just basically when nobody's in the house and you just ransack and take everything. Robbery is um, when someone's in the house and you're robbing them. Yeah, I learned that from uh, media law days. Yeah, do you know if you go if you enter a house um, with someone inside it, you get like the the law comes down on you much harder than if it's like a place that's empty. Yeah, I mean it's the difference between you taking a trip to a magistrate's court or a crown court. And obviously, if you're in a crown court, then. Uh, you going down. You's, yeah, you's going, you's going downtown for a long time. And so when they leave, Mama thought she let all the bullets out, but there was one left in the chamber. Let's just shot out. And they were like, whew. Yeah, when she's waving it, I was like, there's one in the chamber, isn't there? Yeah, there's got to be. There's got to be yeah, one, one left. And then, let's just shot out. And then, <laughs> oh. Whoops, like uh, you know, so whoopsie daisy, but yeah, that's uh, I never really understood why the Second Amendment's still a thing. Well, the right to bear arms, but I think it's more like these, um, it tends to be like the Republicans, doesn't it? I don't know much about American politics, but it seems to be one side more than the other that wants to bear arms. I know, I know, like Democrats who are like licensed gun owners and, and things like that. The thing is, it's all it's like escalation, isn't it? Like, you know, if someone's got a gun and you got a gun to protect yourself and then someone's going to get something else and someone's going to get something else eye for an eye makes the world blind it's obviously like yeah it's just uh, uh an american thing i think if you look at most western or developed countries in the world or you won't see them with guns i think after dumblain we got rid of our guns here i think after a mass shooting in australia they got rid of theirs. I don't think Canada have. I think Canada have like strict gun laws. Yeah, even if um, even after that um, that attack was it last year, the year before, with the attack on the mosques. Oh, in Giza? New Zealand, that was last year. Yeah. Yeah, and they've 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 um, tightened their their gun laws like ridiculous amount as well. Yeah, but it's one of those where you you keep failing and to kind of heed the warnings then you're just going to be doing the same the same silliness and uh yeah yeah that's my mama what did you uh final thoughts 
Uh, I, 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 I don't really know what to say, really. It was like it was a really, really good show. I liked everything about it. Really fun show. Really, really fun show. That's my mama. So now we're going on to Give Me a Break. So this show came out in October 1981. And some of the things happening in the world. Egyptian President Anwar Sadat is assassinated during a parade by army members who belong to the Egyptian Islamic Jihad organization led by Khalid Islambouli, who were opposed to his negotiations with Israel. In the largest protest march in Germany since the end of World War II, at least 150,000 people gathered in Bonn, West Germany, to demonstrate against further deployment of American nuclear missiles in Europe. Pablo Picasso's 1937 painting Guernica goes on display in Madrid, Spain to celebrate the centenary of the artist's birth. Halloween 2 was the highest grossing film in October 1981. And Endless Love by Lionel Richie and Diana Ross was in the charts. Two for two? Two for two, yeah. Ooh. You'll know the artist, but I doubt you'll know the song for the next one. So it'll be like a... Two and a half. Yeah, it, 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 it should be two and a half. If it's three, in, if it's three out of three, then that's uh, incredible. So uh, give me a break. This was an American sitcom TV series created by Mort Luckman and Cy Rosen that aired on NBC for six seasons. And it starred Nell Carter as the housekeeper for a widowed police chief and his three daughters. It takes place in Glen Lawn, which is a fictional suburb located in California. Nellie Ruth Harper, or Nell, agrees to look after the Kaninsky household as a special favor to her dying friend, Margaret Kaninsky. Margaret Hoffman was the... Margaret Huffman Kaninsky was the... Uh, the wife and uh, she her husband was Carl and she serves as and Nell will serve as a parental figure when Margaret passes on to the chief's three teenage daughters Katie Julie and Samantha and a foster son Joey was added to the Kaniski household in season three over the six-year run a handful of celebrities appeared on the show including singers Whitney Houston Andy Gibb Sammy Davis Jr Ray Parker and the Pointless Sisters. How many artists there did you know? Yeah, most of them. They would all be in the episodes and whatnot. The episode Cat Story was performed and broadcast live in 1985 as a promotional promotional gimmick. And the cast performed without major incident. An early episode from the 84-85 season, Baby of the Family, Ranked number 38 on TV Land's list of the 100 most unexpected TV moments. It depicted Joey dressing and performing in blackface at Nell's church benefit, a plan hatched by Samantha to retaliate for Nell, forbidding her to go on an unchaperoned camping trip. So as revenge, I'm going to be a a racist little brat. (laughs) Nice. Over its run, the series used two different theme songs. The first was composed by Bob Christensen with lyrics by Bob Garrett and Marley Sims. Two versions of the songs were used and I believe it's Nell who is performing. 
Nell Carter received two Emmy nominations as Best Actress in a Comedy Series and two Golden Globe nominations as Best Actress in a Television Series Comedy or Musical in 1983 and 1985. And her first one was 82 and 83. So, let's talk about this show. My first question I have was, is it the Fresh Prince set? That's what I thought. With the house. The exact same layout. Like the stairs, the door, the front room into the kitchen. It's the same set. So I was like, I wonder if this is literally just the same. Because we know they recycle sets, right? Like in uh, the Friends set is the same as the um, Big Bang Theory set. Literally the recycled set. Um, Yeah, when I was in New York, I was talking to some lady who was like a extra and she was telling me yeah like pretty much i have been an extra in any kind of show set in new york because it's all the same in terms of sets in terms of how they look they might move a couple of things about to make it different but it's essentially it's the same place and yeah this is kind of set in uh california yeah, so I, I, I honestly think it's the same set. Um, but anyway, that's that's a cool thing. I just thought it was like a nice like, um, uh, little Easter egg for anyone that noticed. Um, I, yeah, I really like this show again. Um, uh, obviously, she she play, Nell plays the, the housekeeper, but it's like she's such a... We didn't touch on it before, but it's like, yeah, the strong woman character. She's kind of like... She she holds the whole family together, even though she's not a part of it. You know, as you know, as in like she's not related to them, but she holds the whole family together. I thought it was really cool, man. I really like this this show. Yeah, like she she keeps it together, and and it's the same. Yeah, with um, that's my mama. Like mama, she's like the the central matriarch. Like it's it's you know her world kind of thing. And she's she's not only just mama to. Uh, her kid, she's basically the mama of the whole, of the whole neighborhood, of the whole community, essentially. Yeah, she's like the mama of the whole community. And again, it was a case of she played that role ever so well. And Nell here, she she plays the role brilliantly well. I do like the to and fro that she had with uh, Carl, and I like that she would give as good as she gets. Like she wouldn't necessarily let him talk to her in a certain way and yeah like the the writing was really really good yeah i i i i've really again really 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 like this show yeah i thought it's a, it's a really good show in it like and it added to it that it was it was really good at mixing comedy with like um like real world situations and like difficult scenarios um so like obviously had like some episodes like the problems with the girls you know problems with him you know he lost his wife um and they they managed to mix like comedy with um with the serious side of it which i think is very difficult to do well and they nailed it yeah um yeah so let's uh let's go into episodes um so i did a two 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 this week um so i watched the yeah me too watched the pilot i think series one episode one the one where she's katie the crook yeah, yeah, this is the one. Uh, so the first shot is Nell cleaning the living room, and enter enter Sam Samantha, who's been. She looks like she kind of dressed up like a boy, 
um, like a toy to, tom, tomboy sort of thing. And she's been beaten up. <laughs> she, she got beaten up by a boy. And um, she, Nell's given her some advice on how to beat her up. And she's like saying that she's uh, a boxer. And she's like, we've got to duck and weave and, you know, and this and that and the other. Um, and then she says something quite weird. She says like, um, I didn't write this down, but I'm just remembering it. Where she says like, um, I don't like how boys are allowed to hit us or something like that. And it's like kind of quite a disturbing little um little thing, you know, like as in like it's okay to get beat up. Uh so then Nell goes into the kitchen and Julie and a boy are studying for a like a, a sex education test or something like that. And she doesn't like it. Um they're kind of a to and fro. I didn't write down exactly what they said to each other, but she goes back into <laughs> into the into the living room and she's hoovering up and she kind of like she picks something up and puts the end of the hoover into the fish tank and accidentally hoovers up the <laughs> goldfish. Like um, and then, um, so Carl comes back home and he's, you know, he's, he's a, he's a police chief. So he's taken off his gun. Uh, as he's taken, and he, Hello, he's, he's like, put the gun away, master. Put the gun away. Don't shoot me, master. And he's like, give me a break. Like, stop this nonsense. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, and then uh, she tells him, um, she goes, he goes, where's the goldfish? And he says, oh, Gertrude went to the cleaners. And he goes, what are you talking about? Cleaners, uh, sorry, um, goldfish don't go to the cleaners. And she goes, my people send goldfish to the cleaners. And he kind of like, he doesn't have anything to say back to it. So he kind of just like, okay, whatever. Um, and this is where you learn that um, the mums died and he promised her that he would take her to Hawaii um, and you, it's like the beginning of Up, where you know he says to take her to Paradise Falls and never gets round to it. And he, I think it's like a real burden of guilt that he carries around with him every day. Um, so, so again, like you know, just gone talking about goldfish going to the cleaners, even though it's been hoovered up, and then straight on to like, you know, he's regretting that he didn't take his wife to thing. And anyway, so all the kids are dealing with the grief of losing their mother. This is what you learn in this scene, and. I love this bit. So dad goes into the kitchen and so Julie and George, you find out the boy's name is, are kissing. And, and he just goes off. <laughs> um, uh, and then he, he kind of has a it's really cool, like kind of back and forth with this kid. I can't, I, I should have written down what they said because it was really, really awesome little conversational piece. And then he ends up just chasing him out of the room. Um, then there's a knock at the door uh, and his policeman I think, come. Um, sorry, I think you missed them. Um... Because um, he sees um, Sam has a black eye. And so Carla's like, oh, how did you get the black eye? Oh, I got it in school, whatever. And then he's like, you know what? I hate this busing desegregation of the busing. Which I think basically was something that they did in America. So what they did was um, in order to kind of help with, um, you know, desegregation, they would kind of put like white kids into black schools and they would put, black kids into white schools and so obviously he's making that passing comment and she's like excuse me and he's like uh no i don't mean like black people or whatever and she's like oh yeah sure what do you mean australians oh by the way your goldfish is dead and she just walks off <laughs> yeah yeah thanks for that because I, I, I knew i'd missed something out there but i couldn't figure out what it was um uh yeah so there's a knock at the door uh here and it turns out that, you know, policeman, one of the worst things you want to see is a policeman holding your kid. Do you know what I mean? Like, um, and, and obviously he's a 
the police chief, so he's got a reputation to maintain as well. As as always that, and turns out that this, the girl's been shoplifting, and Officer Simpson has, um, who makes a recurring appearance, I think, in the in the series, um, has got hold of his daughter and said, "Oh, she's she's stealing, she's acting out." And then they kind of have a row, and he says, "Oh, what do you think your mother would think about this?" And he says, "Well, Mum's not here." And she, the way she says it, it's like Mum's not here, and it's her fault, and she kind of blames her mother. And anyway, he belts around the face. Yeah, whoa! I watched that. I was like, "Whoa!" <laughs> I mean, I don't know if he... that's twenty twenty me or whatever, but I'm watching. It, I'm like, "Whoa! You can't do that." Yeah, I mean, the thing is, obviously, he's upset not only with her but with. Uh, is carrying the guilt around for his wife and that's also his wife she's talking about um uh then she goes upstairs and so she has a heart to heart with so katie and julie have a heart no yeah heart to heart with and then uh sam walks in and they just say like get out kind of thing like really horrible to the little sister meanwhile nell speaks to dad and says like you know she's 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 there because that's what the mum wanted the mum asked her to stay and look after him and because he's got the ump and everything. And so she tries to talk the dad around and says that he's out of order um, for what he did. And he can't... Yeah, because he kicked her out. He said, get out of my house. And, and Kate, well, that's why Katie and um, Julie are upstairs because she's packing to, to, to leave, basically. And so she says, you can't kick your daughter out, blah, blah, blah. And when the daughter comes down she's about to like head out the door and he's and they kind of like um they they make up and say sorry to each other kind of thing and you know without everything um i think that's the end of the episode but i wrote down just at the end there without nell the whole family would have fallen apart um yeah she literally bought she grabbed everyone you know kind of pulled them together during this like really tough time but in general as well um so i thought it's really nice that she was like the the, the, the linchpin of the whole family and i really liked that and i really liked her character for that and it was yeah it's really really like nice really tough episode emotionally they balanced the um the comedy really well um with the with the emotions but yeah like ev- everything was like glued together by her which was really nice yeah so what else did i say so um yeah it, I, there was a couple of things that i noticed so um i like when the door was um someone's knocking on the door and obviously cars like to know oh there's someone at the door and she's like yeah i'm sure and just basically walks out of the, of the kitchen he's like okay fine i'll get it then and yeah so when they're having a big argument and he's like doesn't anybody listen to what i'm saying she's like oh i i can hear you but i just don't listen to you and yeah so and it's like what you said without Nell, this this uh family would uh completely fall apart so what was the next episode you watched i watched series three episode one the one with andy gibbs in it okay so yeah you talk about that one then um so the first thing i wrote was not sure if if it's bg's but andy gibbs is rehearsing in town um and julie wants to um to know she wants to know where she because obviously the the police chief her dad is in charge of security for the for him so he knows exactly where he's staying he knows where he's rehearsing he knows everything about it and the cool kids are kind of around and they said like you can come and sit with our 
sit with us if, at lunchtime if um if you you know tell us where where to where he's going to be kind of thing uh and dad comes home at that point because he's forgotten his gun and he's not and he, he he hates this kind of like kind of rock and roll stuff and he's you know kind of typical old person not like in a young person's music oh it's noise 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 um and i think he's rehearsing somewhere in the police station or something but he won't tell julie where and he tells her she's grounded um Nell feels bad when the dad leaves and he's she she knows the address as well so she gives the girl the address and she says like whatever you do be back before your dad um and she goes and sees him and they, there's kind of a musical interlude and i kind of got this impression where they bring in guests and there would be like this musical interlude kind of thing do you know like on um i'm not sure if you ever watched extras yeah do you know when he he has his his has his um he gets his series and chris martin comes and and he says like out loud for, for the audience kind of thing he goes oh and for no reason at all chris martin's here um uh and um yeah so it's kind of like that thing they're just bringing down they have this musical interlude um they see this oh there's this granddad figure oh so, oh so there's a granddad in the house and i'm not sure who this is because there was like skip two seasons um and so dad dad has come home early and uh nell is scared because obviously she's let the um she's not let julie go and um and then carl's asking all the all the girls down he's like sam and I've forgotten the other girl's name. Uh, Katie, come down here now, kind of thing. Uh, and he says, like, Judy, come down. And then he's, like, got this... He's got, like, a... He's really affectionate at this point. And he's like, oh, I was, you know, really proud of the girls. And they said, oh, she's in the kitchen. And then one of the girls, like, kind of chucks a towel over her head and runs upstairs to, to bed. And then they, they kind of, like, convince him that she's now sleeping and she's not feeling very well, kind of thing. Uh, it turns out that she's actually fallen asleep outside the hotel of Andy Gibbs. Um, wait, you know, he's waiting. For, she's waiting for him to come back. And when they all come back and he puts his jacket in, he's got like a named jacket. And he puts it over her to keep her warm. And it's now 5 a.m. And Katie wakes up and, uh, and Nell wakes up and um, she says, uh, she's not there or she's not awake or something like that. And so anyway, so Nell goes to get Julie from the hotel and Nell tries to sneak her upstairs. And it's really funny because like they go just around the corner where you can't see them on camera anymore. And then they kind of just come backwards and the dad's like kind of coming down the stairs and saying like, what the hell's going on kind of thing. And dad hears that he, sh she spent the entire night with Andy Gibbs and goes and goes and arrests Andy Gibbs uh julie comes clean about the whole thing but it makes her but the girl the girls are there from her school for some reason and they make it like um it makes her really unpopular but they end up freeing gibbs so she basically says that i wasn't sleeping with him i was outside his hotel and he says yeah i didn't touch her i just put a coat over and went in the thing and he kind of lets her go and then they said um oh he, he goes um he goes, oh, guys, like, you know, you can watch us rehearse if you like. Please stay, you know, being all kind, like, you know, popular pop star kind of thing. And then um, the dad says, uh, <laughs> he goes, oh, oh, thanks, but I um, I hate your music. You think he's going to make up some excuse? <laughs> he just says, like, I just hate your music. And then they convince Nell to join. Like, with a, I can't remember the song that they sung in the episode, but 
she's a damn good singer, man. She is yes, damn good. Yes, she is. She really is. I was a bit like, okay. I think she's, yeah, she sings the theme song. Uh, yeah, and I don't know what Andy Gibbs song that they sung here, but it was a really good song, and I know the song. I just can't remember which one it was. I didn't write it down. Anyway, that's the end of the episode. Kind of musical interlude, Fade to Black, credits, whatever. But yeah, great episode again. Very fun. Like, yeah, I, yeah, it's amazing. Um, I don't think I know any songs by Andy Gibb. Yeah, as far as the Bee Gees go, I don't think, and I think he died in the eighties as well, like late eighties, eighty nine maybe. Yeah, I think his lifestyle um didn't lend itself well to a long life, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know any songs of his. Couldn't begin to tell you. Um, I did episode season three, episode fourteen, flashback. So this was, um, yeah, so the chief is basically telling Samantha that she can't go on a date with a boy. And so it's a flashback episode. So they're like, you know what? Oh, you knew my mom, didn't you? And she was like, yeah, yeah, I knew your mom. This was, what, 1974. And yeah, so it's a flashback. They're in a bar. I think Nell's in town because she's um, she wants to do a gig. And so Nell is singing, and so her friend Margaret comes. She's like, oh, Margaret, Nell, oh, my God, it's been so long. How are you? And, yeah, they're all talking, and they're, they're, they're basically catching up. And so Margaret's like, you know what? You can come and stay with me until you find a job. You can figure it out, blah, 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 blah. Come and stay with me. It'll be, it'll be absolutely fine. You can stay with me, my husband, my kids, and obviously – Katie, Julie, and Sam are like, you know, bambinos, babies. And so, yeah, she's going to the house. And Margaret's like, you know what? Stay stay in my room. It'll be absolutely fine. Uh, I, I want to watch a late movie. And I want to wait for um, Carl when he gets home. And so it's late. Carl comes back. He's absolutely shattered from a, a long day's work. And so he's jumping into bed, not knowing that it's not his wife there, but it's Nell. And so he's just like, you know, oh, groggy, like, I just want to get in bed. I'm so tired. He's just putting the cover on. He puts his hand on her backside and he's like, hold on a second. And she wakes up. They see each other and they're like, ah! <laughs> and he's like, what are you doing here? She's like, what are you doing here? And Margaret's like, oh, okay, well, I see you've met. <laughs> and he's like, what the hell is, is, is going on? And, and, and that's just, yeah, a hell of a way to, uh, a hell of a way to, like, introduce each other. And, yeah, so it's, it's been a long time. And Carl's like, oh, you've been staying here for five weeks? What like what's 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 going on kind of thing, and so he's obviously going like trying to hint like maybe you should, maybe you've kind of outstaged your welcome and you need to go sort of thing, and obviously Nell's like oh it's nice that you care so much Carl I appreciate that, and so she's thinking hmm maybe I've kind of outstayed my welcome and Marco's like no 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 stay 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 it's absolutely fine you should stay. And so there's a neighbor who comes in and he's like, 
hey man, like one of your kids was uh, naked with uh, one of my other kids. And so obviously Margaret just kind of shakes it off and, and whatever. And then he ends up telling Carl and then she's like, and he's like, Margaret, come here now. And she's like, oh, yes, darling. And he's like, don't darling me, honey. I thought that was kind of like, a, yeah, like a, a two. I think there's a word in English for this. And then he's like, oh, why, why you ain't tell me about the kids in the, the basement? And obviously she had a way of like arguing with him. And so she'd be like, oh, is there anything you want to talk to me about, dear? And he goes, don't do this. You do this all the time. She's like, do what, honey? And he's just like, yeah, I'll do what, dear? And so he's like, um, yeah, there's, there is something I want to talk about. And she goes, oh, oh, by the way, she just says, oh, oh, by the way, the neighbor came in and he said, you know, the, the kids were doing some stuff. And she's like, is that what you want to talk about? He goes, oh, we're we're talking about it right now. Let's 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 talk about it. And then obviously he's like, okay, you win, you handle it. I just thought, yeah, like man, women are undefeated, man, undefeated. Like he's obviously coming in there all guns blazing. Just you know, just when you thought you have the answers, she didn't change the questions. Yeah, I think that it's impossible to argue with a woman. Um... And my advice to any man out there would be don't even try it. There's like um that that was I was just joking, he says like uh, about the kid and he says, Oh dad, I want to get married. And he says, like, say sorry. He's like, Why? He's like, You're not ready to get married. And then he says, like, he keeps saying it, you know, say sorry. And he's like, like why? And then he, <laughs> and then he just says, Sorry, he goes, Okay, now you're ready to get married. <laughs> because if you could just say sorry for, for everything. Mm. Um yeah, um, yeah, don't even try it. And just like uh, Wesley Snipes says, in White Men Can't Jump, listen to the woman. Listen to the woman. <laughs> That's it. Listen to the woman. And he was like, I t- didn't I tell you, listen to the woman? And so anyway, um, they're going to... Um, no, Nell gets a call from uh, an, an agent somewhere. He's going, oh, I might have a job for you out of town. And so Nell's going, oh, oh, let me um, let me think about it. Let me call you back. And obviously she's going, oh, when can I leave? And Margaret's getting upset. She's like, yeah, you're leaving too soon. And then obviously Nell's like, hey, what's, what's, what's wrong with you, Margaret? And then that's when Margaret tells her, like, look, I'm dying. I've uh, been living with it for four months, so I'm, my my guess would be like cancer or something. And yeah, she's like, "Look, I'm 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 dying." I and she's like, "Look, I want you to raise my girls," because she's like, "I've seen you with them. I know how you are." And obviously, Nell's like, "What? No, are you mad? Like, I'm not staying with your kids." What's this? She goes, "Oh, what did you use me and let me stay in your house so I can?" get to know your 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 kids like what's 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 going on sort of thing she's like and margaret's like look i know you feel uh like you 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 love these girls and she goes like carl can't do it he can't raise three girls on his own it's impossible she goes i, I need someone that i i can trust to look after my kids and 
obviously Nell's like, damn, like what? We what's 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 all this? And then obviously um, she she's on the phone talking to the agency, and then the kids are running in going, Auntie Nell, Auntie Nell, yay! And then she's like, you know, get away from me. She's obviously trying to ring back the agency, going, you know what? Look, sod this, I'm leaving. Whatever, I'm just gonna I'm gonna call them. And then she's trying to make the call. And then you got the little kids around her going, ring a ring a rosie, ring a ring. And I'm like, these damn kids, like, get the hell away from me. She's just like, oh, and then she's trying to talk to them. And then she looks at the kids. And then she's like, you know what? I can't take this job. And she's like, you know what? Fine. I'm. Uh, and she looks at Margaret. She's like, you know what? I'll do it. I'll do it. And then obviously she's like, look, don't tell Carl. He doesn't need to know right now. And yeah, she um, she agrees that she will take care of the girls and that she promises that she will always be there for them. And then it goes back to the present day. And so Sam is still asking Chief if he if she can go to the cinemas with a boy. And then obviously he's like, hell no. And then this is when um, Nell's like, you know what? I'll go as a chaperone. And then Carla's like, okay, no worries. You can you can go as long as you're going to go there. And then she kind of makes it so that she won't be a, a chaperone so that Samantha can go to the cinema. So it was a really, really good episode. It sounds really quite a deep good. episode. Yeah. Obviously, you get to see um, Margaret, the wife. But no, this was a, a really, really good episode. Any last thoughts? No, just another outstanding show, to be honest. Um, strong lineup this week. Really, really, really strong. And uh, now we're coming on to the final show, 227. And this came out in September 1985. And uh, some of the things happening in the world. The wreck of the RMS Titanic is located by a joint American-French expedition led by Dr. Robert Ballard and Jean-Louis Michel using a side-scan sonar from RV Noor. Super Mario Bros. is released for the Nintendo Entertainment System. Kalina, the first captive orca born at SeaWorld as well as the first to survive past infancy, is born at SeaWorld Orlando. I think this is very uh, topical because um, are you watching uh, David Attenborough on Netflix? No, I'm not. No. It is incredible. You've got to get on our planet. I'm going to get a 4K TV just for this show. Agnes of God was in the cinemas and Part-Time Lover by Stevie Wonder was in the chart. I do know this song, yeah. Three for three. Three for three this week. Oh my wow. god! Wow, this ever happened? <laughs> I'm. I think it may have, but I may have not have like shone a light on it, shone the brightest light on it. But no, three for three. It's a cracking Stevie Wonder song, I have to say. Absolutely cracking. I, this might be one of my faves, actually. Really? I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Part-time lover. That and uh, knocks me off my feet. Don't know that one. I'm glad that one wasn't number one in 1985. <laughs> um so we're going on now to 227 so this was a american sitcom television series that originally aired on nbc 
The series stars Marla Gibbs as Mary Jenkins, who's a sharp-tongued inner-city resident gossip and housewife, and lower-floor neighbours Sandra Clark and Pearl Shea. The series was adapted from a play written in 1978 by Christine Houston about the lives of women in a predominantly black neighborhood building in 1950 Chicago. The setting of the series, however, was changed to present-day Washington, D.C., and the show was created as a starring vehicle for Marla Gibbs, who, if you remember, played Florence Johnson in The Jeffersons. She was the maid. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, giving uh, George Jefferson all that he could handle. She's just such a, a brilliant, brilliant actress. Like she plays that role to a T. And obviously, the role was similar in nature to that of part of tart-tongued Florence Gibbs. And obviously, she loved the good gossip, and she would always give it as uh, much as she could take. And according to Gibbs, 227 was originally offered to ABC, but sold to NBC. And since the Jeffersons were still on air, the new show was scheduled to begin in 1986. However, when the Jeffersons was abruptly and unexpectedly cancelled in 1985, Gibbs was free to begin. And 227 went into production a year earlier than had been previously planned. If you... um. Remember, the Jeffersons ca- was cancelled abruptly. Yeah, just yeah. Out of nothing. And with yeah, no, so with no explanation, right, as well. Yeah, no rhyme or reason. They just thought, yeah, we're just going to cancel this incredibly long and successful show. And yeah, and so I'm really, really glad that a brilliant actor like Marla Gibbs managed to land on her feet, managed to um, get a get a really, really good job, a really, really good role. And, uh, yeah, as, as I was saying, it follows the lives of people in a middle-class apartment building, 227 Lexington Place, which is the numerical address from which the sitcom name comes, in uh, northwest Washington, D.C. And the show was centered, obviously, around Mary Jenkins and her husband, Lester, who has his own construction company, and their daughter, Brenda, who is a young Regina King. Obviously, yeah, Regina King is a um, very prominent actress. This was her first, uh, her first role. Who was boy crazy yet smart and studious. Sandra Clark, who is played by the brilliant Jackie Harry. She's in a wide variety of uh, sitcoms. She's Mary's young neighbor who constantly bickered back and forth with her about respective views on life. And although their relationship was antagonistic at first, Mary and Sandra become good friends as time went on. Also living in the building was Pearl Shea, a feisty but kind-hearted busybody neighbor who was known for snooping and had a sharp sense of humor. Pearl had a grandson named Calvin, whom Brenda had a crush on and would finally date later in the series run. Rose Lee Holloway was Mary's level-headed best friend and often the voice of reason among 227's residents. She and Mary were often seen sitting on the front stoop of the building, exchanging rumors and gossip, and with Pearl adding sly commentary and humor from her front window. And with the exception of The Cosby Show and A Different World, 227 achieved higher ratings than other sitcoms airing at the time with a predominantly African-American cast during the first two seasons of its original run on NBC. 
Jackie Harry won an Emmy for Outstanding Supporting Actress in a Comedy Series in 1987. And Ray Colcord won the BMI TV Music Award in 1987. So, this show, 227. I was a bit like, when you sent the, the message 227, I was like, 227? Is that what, what what's, you know, what's that? Is that yeah. a, and I was, <laughs> is, is it? Episode two two seven, damn. Yeah. Or yeah. So when I, when I typed in two two seven, and then the one, it literally just auto completes with full episodes. I was like, wow, this is a, like a real real thing. So obviously, like it's mostly like a, it's kind of like definitely geared more towards women. I guess this show, it's like gossipy women shenanigans. This show, that's what I found anyway. Um, but really, really good show. Like it's. It's kind of like um, the only thing that let it down. I'm going to be honest about this. Was I don't know why, but the YouTube clips that I was watching and the channel I was watching had like horrendous. Yeah, the video was bad, and it kept like going to like this out of sync big picture, and then going back in sync with the yeah. normal picture. I, maybe it was just to get around some copywriting issues or or whatever it was, whatever the reason was, but it was annoying. Um, and that, for me, was the only thing that let us down. Everything else was great. I loved it. But that's not the show's fault. That's the no, I know. But it's not the idiot not... who put it on YouTube. Yeah, but it was putting me off the the actual show. And that's I'm just saying that it's not even the show's fault. But yeah, um, that's the only bad thing I could find about it. Yeah, I know. I know what you mean. Yeah, oh, like it's never ceases to amaze me. Like there is, I'm trying to think if we've even done a bad black sitcom. And I'm looking at the list of the stuff that we've done. And no, like this, and this is again, one of those where it's one of those discoveries where I'd never even contemplated. Never mind, never mind hearing about this show. Yeah. And it's just such a, a brilliant cast of, 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 of actresses. And they're just all so brilliant. Like the writing was on point. The acting was on point everything about this show like it's just it, it 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 was such such a good show such a good show i really like the interactions between mary and lester as well um i thought they yeah were, um yeah like this the show made me laugh it you know it was like got some nice serious moments in it like some real um what's the word um some kind of conscientious dilemmas i, I can't there's a word for it i can't think of the bloody word now um anyway <laughs> No, honestly, this um, yeah, like you saying, Mary and Lester. I, I did, I did like the the interaction. Sandra was hilarious as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah she was. <laughs> she was. She was just brilliant. Obviously, this is her. You know, very, very young. She's obviously significantly younger than um, I was about to say Florence from uh, Rose. Jefferson's again. Oh yeah, Ma yeah, Mary and Rose. Because obviously, yeah, it's it, this is. And you know what? This isn't typecasting. Like it's not. Like if you're, if you can do something and do it brilliantly well, then you just need to keep on doing it. Like, don't. Why would why would you change? And this was a clearly a ratings winner for 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 the network. And um, yeah, let's uh, let's let's go let's go in and let's talk about episodes. All right, so I watched two episodes of this again. I watched series one, episode one, and I also watched the pilot. Okay, so I watched the pilot. So let's start with the pilot. 
Yeah, so my first note on this was let down by the out of sync video. Um, so and I know so this is the second one I watched, and because you sent me the pilot later. Yeah, because that's when I realised because I was looking at the episode list, and I thought, right, okay, let me find the pilot, and then I'm reading it. Obviously, it says episode one isn't the pilot. Episode two isn't the pilot. Episode three isn't the pilot. Episode four isn't the pilot. Episode five isn't the pilot. Episode six finally it's called pilot. I don't know why they do this. If you have something that is the pilot, put that out first. It doesn't matter if you think, oh, it's going to mess up the, 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 the sync of the story and, and, and what have you. If it's the pilot, it's the pilot. Yeah. Um, but it worked well as a first episode, to be honest, because it actually gave me a okay. better insight into who the people were. Um, but... Um, so Mary and Rose are outside. Okay, so one thing a little bit buggy about this show is they, they it's like, do you know, like I've, I've spoken a lot of times about the play aspect of the sitcoms and stuff. They're sitting at the thing and they're kind of waving at people and talking about people that you can't see. Uh, and I, it grates on me when you don't get to see the cutaway of something. Um, uh, but it's like a kind of minor thing. And so they're talking about like, bad landlords oh, the landlord's not doing this landlord's not doing that and they start gossip, gossiping about the family because they said oh this family's got they say oh the O'Briens have got a crack in their wall and then I think then Rose says you know what else they got they've got a crack in their marriage and they start having like a, this like gossip thing about um thing I think Pearl's there as well she always lends a nice comedy hand to the to the scene so enter Sandra comes in and she's like kind of She's a young one. She's a bit of a snob. She thinks she's better than the women because she's got a job. Um, uh, but she lives with, I think she lives with the landlord. You might be able to clarify that. I think she lives in the same um, thing. And, oh, one thing I did notice that this, this show is very dialogue heavy. It's like, there's a lot of dialogue and it they, they're nailing it. Like, it's a lot of, like this, this, so it's not like there's no kind of visual gimmicks. There are, but there's not like it's not as visual gimmicky. Anyway, the dialogue's great, and that's what that's my main point there. Um, so, um, so basically, Rose has Rose has been sending food to this guy, but um, but Mary doesn't like him because he he's not doing his job. And this is where you first get a look at, uh, not first get a look at, but where you get another glimpse that Calvin and Rose's daughter forgotten her name uh brenda yeah um they kind of want um there's something going to happen but the mum doesn't want it to happen uh but they're kind of getting close and so this is about uh so rose and mary are kind of having a falling out it's just after you see calvin and brenda together and just before they heckle the bin men and they give them the finger so they're saying oh what time did you call this you, you should be doing more work oh and... so they they there's i think there's problems with the building and obviously, she's slagging off the landlord. She thinks uh, the landlord is basically a, a waster. And then Sandra's walking out. And obviously, Mary's just basically giving her evils, going, what's, what's, what's going on? What's, what's, uh, what are you doing kind of thing? And so they basically find out that um, the, the owner of the building... What was his name? Um, uh, Mr. Calloway. Mr. Calloway. Mr. Calloway, yeah. So Mr. Calloway, he dies. And so Mary's very like, oh, whatever. I bet he's faking it or whatever. She doesn't quite believe it. And then obviously Rose is basically saying to her, 
we might have to move because like, I was thinking, oh, you know, what are you going to do if Sandra becomes in charge? Like, you're going to have to straighten up and fly right. I think, um, and she's going to Leicester in the house, and he's going, oh, what's happening? And so she's saying, oh, if Sandra's taking over the building, because she's looking at apartments or whatever. And then obviously, I think Leicester's going, you might have to play nice because we don't really want to leave because this is obviously our home. And they go downstairs, and Mary's talking to Sandra, and she's basically fighting every urge of every sinew of her, um, like whatever. And she's going, okay, don't say anything bad, don't say anything bad, don't say anything bad. And then Sandra's basically saying, once the the will reading is over and once it's official that I own the building, I'm going to put the rent up. And so Mary's basically giving her what for. She's saying, you can't do that. This is my home. I'm going to be here long after you're not here. And she's like, you know what? If you're going to wash anything, you might as well wash that stupid wig on your head. Yeah, it's getting dusty. Yeah, and then they're all inside the um the washing machine area and the lawyer's doing the will reading. Sandra's coming in and then all the men are <laughs> getting up <laughs> trying to give her a chair. And then Lester basically gives her a chair and then obviously the Mary's like, Mm-hmm. Yeah, she gives him a look. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, and then we find out that the landlord leaves the two two seven building to Rose, who is Heck. the best maker of apple pie. Because obviously it was mad because Sandra was walking around like like a peacock. You, yeah, she didn't. You didn't think that she was grieving for her husband. She's walking around going, yeah, I'm going shopping. I'm doing this. Oh, I've opened a bank account in my name. See, that's how the world is so different. Why is that a big thing for a woman to open a bank account? That's mad. Yeah, I mean, she was like spending all this money before she'd even got it, though. Um... <laughs> and she's walking in going, oh, I've opened a bank account. And obviously... Rose is really happy because she's like, oh, I'm going to be charged the building. I don't know what I'm going to do. And Mary's like, you know what? Don't worry about it. It's going to be fine. And, and Mary's already called the building inspector. Yeah. yeah. And building inspector comes back and he's like, there's a lot of problems with this building. And then he just says, to be continued. Right. So shall I do episode one this time? Sorry, I, I didn't realize we we're going to episode one first. Um, so Mary and Rose, they always, I'm not sure if they always start, but there's both episodes were starting than them. I mean, that's kind of the setting, isn't it? On the stoop. Yeah, kind of like, um, it looked like the uh, Everybody Hates Chris kind of houses. Yeah, the the, the brownstones. Yeah. Um, I really like those houses. I think they look great. Um, um, Mary, so basically Mary, I think it's, oh yeah, so it's Rose and Sandra sitting on the step this time. And Mary's coming back from somewhere and she reverses into this car, this really nice, they say foreign car, but it's a German German car BMW, and and they they kind of have this thing like should she leave a note should she not leave a note and it's kind of like a moral moral dilemma that's what I was trying to think of earlier, and so Mary makes dinner for her husband and cooks him his favorite stuff like um puts like has like kind of cloche thing like candlelight dinner, and then she's <laughs> she's done all of this so she could tell him about the accident, and then he's like please can you let me finish my dinner before you tell me about the bad news because I'm enjoying it. <laughs> He knows he's in for something, but he just wants to enjoy his um, thing. And then she tells him about the accident. And he they, they conclude that she should write the note and go and put it on the car. And then when they look out the window, 
Um, she goes, oh, which he goes, which car is it? He goes, that one out there. He goes, oh, that one being towed away because it's next to a fire hydrant. And they, and they're like, oh, well, I tried to put it on there. Uh, then the daughter is about to go out skating. So, um, what's the daughter's name again? I've actually wrote my other thing. Brenda. So Brenda and Calvin are gonna gonna go out skating, but she's kind of got her skates on. And then she says, "Oh, I'm gonna go out skating tomorrow, mum. But I'm gonna go out now. But I'm not really going skating, kind of thing." And then her, um, Calvin comes in and like doesn't lie. He kind of says everything wrong, and so she gets grounded for lying. Um, and she's not allowed to go to the boy. And so the lady's out front again, and she decides, "Oh, the car's back." And um, she decides that she's going to put the note on the car. So she goes and puts the note on the car, saying, "You know, these are my insurance details. Give me a call, whatever." And then. Um, someone else crashes into the car and like completely writes it off, and obviously her de- and then speeds off. So her her details are the only ones on the car, and she's about to go and get the note off the car because it doesn't matter that she you know reversed into it a little bit now because the whole car's totaled. And just as she goes to do that, the guy comes out and takes the um the note away. So they go in and they make a plan where Sandra, Sandra is going to pre- pretend to be Mary and she's going to dress up as Mary, even though she doesn't need to because she doesn't want to look like, but she dresses up as this kind of like housewife. And um, then this guy called Marvin Grant comes in and he's the car owner and he's kind of mad, but Sandra is like, she's flirting with him. Oh, I don't have any money, but I can do anything you want. And this, and my husband left me two years ago. And she's like, my husband Lester left me two years ago, and this and that and the other. <laughs> and then, and then they go in, into the kitchen because Mary wants to talk to Rose. But then, and then Lester comes into the kitchen with Grant, and Grant's like, "You can't come in here after two years," and 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 just walk straight into this house. He goes, "What are you talking about? This is my house." He goes, "Oh, it's a typical that you still think that it's your house, and this and that and the other." Um, so he's kind of still act. He Grant thinks that he's been absent for two years, but in actual fact, obviously Lester's just living there uh then rose comes clean about the whole thing and then it kind of cuts to like they're having dinner and grant is actually going to take sandra out as sandra not as mary and mary says look i'll pay for the damage he goes there's no point because the car's totaled now um and then he says she goes well we have to repay you somehow he says well i'll tell you what i will um i'm new to the neighborhood I could do with some company and some friends rather than um, you pay for the damage. So as long as I can come and watch a football game and this and that and the other, then we're good to go kind of thing. And that was the end of that episode. Cool. So I watched an episode called WizKid. So there is a small church production of The Wiz, which, uh, if you don't know, is a black version of The Wizard of Oz. I think you were talking about it the other week, weren't you? Yeah, I think we had this discussion last time about um, maybe February. Where, yeah, where uh, Dorothy was from. Yeah, Kansas, I said. Whatever. But um, yeah, this is... Uh, if you didn't know, um, The Wiz is a black version of Wizard of Oz. So um, yeah, they're doing a production at the church. And obviously her cast is um, Sandra. She's uh, the lion. And the rose has to be the, the tin man. You'll have to correct me because I'm not I'm not too um, with it when it comes to uh, the Wizard of Oz. I don't, I don't know. Um... Well, you knew where she was from, so you you got me beat there. I know like the very basics of it, but I don't enjoy it. 
Yep. And so we find out that a college student called Alexandra is going to be living with the Jenkins for a year. Her dad, who's like a professor, he's coming in to basically check the place out. And then he kind of sees um, Sandra and Rose coming in, making a, a whole racket or whatever. And so he's looking around thinking, hmm, is this going to be a, a good place for my daughter? Obviously, Brenda's like, oh, I'm so excited. A college girl is going to come stay with us. And then maybe I get to meet college boys and not just keep hanging around with, with this uh, boy that she's with, Calvin, whatever his name was. Um, what's his name? Yeah, Calvin. And so they come in and it's uh, an 11-year-old girl. And this 11-year-old girl is Countess Vaughan, the brilliantly named Countess Vaughan. She was in Moesha. She was uh, uh. her friend. And obviously her real name in real life is Countess Vaughan. I can't remember why we were talking about her before. She must have been in a show that we were talking about. And yeah, the name is brilliant. Countess Vaughan. Love it. Anyway, she comes in. She's like a smart Alec 11-year-old girl. And everyone's like, huh? Like, what the hell? Like, we were on the impression we were seeing, like, a college student. And so she's like to Brenda, oh, what kind of music do you like? And though she's yours, oh, I like rap music. I like DJ Jazzy Jeff and Fresh Prince. She goes, you know what? I like the, I like the three Bs. And obviously Brenda's like, oh, I've never heard of that group. She goes, no, the three Bs are Bach, Beethoven, and Brahms. And she's like, okay. And then obviously they're talking to um, the dad and they're like, look, we were on the impression that we weren't getting some kid. Like, what's going on? She's 11 years old. And so um, they're like, you know what? Let's do a trial to see how it's going. Obviously, she gets a, a box of mice as a gift for Brenda. And they're like, uh, instead of making it a two-week trial, you better make it a one-week trial. And then, yeah, so, and then they're back back to the uh, the church production. And so they have to practice the song, Don't Nobody Bring Me No Bad News. I don't know what the, uh, the white version of Wizard of Oz would be. But yeah, they were singing, yeah, Don't Nobody Bring Me No Bad News. I just I love I just love that. It's so yeah. Don't nobody bring me no bad news. And so they're singing it and then Alexandria gets upset because she's not very popular because I think she messes up. No, she goes to college and she's basically like mocking Calvin and Brenda and they're like, Yeah, 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 like you stay here, like we're gonna get with you later. Like we're we're gonna deal with you later kind of thing. And so she's like, Oh, I don't Oh, why nobody likes me so much and so Mary's like you know what sod it why don't you go and be Dorothy and then yeah she absolutely nails her solo and then Mary takes a liking to her she's like you know what you're my baby and you know you're gonna stay here and everything's gonna be okay and Brenda's like um um what about me I thought I was your baby obviously she's like oh whatever don't worry about it but yeah she's like look Alexandria's going to stay here and uh, yeah, she does her Dorothy and she nails her solo. I'm not sure what song she was singing, but I'm sure it wasn't over somewhere over the rainbow. That's from Wizard of Oz, isn't it? I don't know. I mean, the Yellow Brick Road is the only one I can really think of off the top of my head. Or 
we're off to see the wizard, the wonderful wizard of Oz. Wee! That's the only one I know. But no, that was that was that episode. Right, let's. Uh, this is probably going to be. You know what? This isn't like a, a ranking of like worst to best. This is just. Um, I'm just. I'm. I am nitpicking to the extreme here for my one. I have to explain my my thoughts as well on this one because, like okay. I said, it is unfair to put third of of any one of these shows. So two two seven is third, purely because of the picture. Um. Uh, the, the the problems with the, the jumping in and out of sync, it, yep. it it gave me a it retracted me from the story, which is unfortunate for that. But that's why I put it third, not because of the show's bad. It was great. Give me a break was second in that, and I loved this show. Genuinely, really loved this show. Um, and it's only second because um I thought that's my mum was probably a little bit cooler. Um. And I liked the barbershop bits of it. and But it was so close. These were three absolutely amazing shows. Um, and if anyone watches these, I'm sure they would agree. Yeah. And number one, I think you kind of explained it already. But... At my mama. <laughs> right. Okay. So my uh, top three was uh, number three was uh, That's My Mama. Only because they told a really uncomfortable joke. I think when he was talking about robbing and he was saying, oh, I heard you went to this house and he was going to rob and he was going to rape her. And then he took a look at her and decided to only rob her. And that kind of, yeah, I'm, that, I, yeah, that's one thing I just picked up on. And I thought, mm, nah, could have done without that, to be honest with you. I can't be dealing with that. So for that reason i mean it, it was a great show i had to find one thing i found that i've latched onto it and i've said yeah that ain't it chief don't be telling yeah don't be telling no jokes about that number two give me a break i thought yeah the flashback episode was so good i just kind of i, I love i love episodes like that where they're explaining things where you might think this could be easily the pilot if you kind of just put that in front, but they're explaining things and they kind of tell you how they get to the present day and then you learn a bit about Margaret, who was only there for one episode. So you don't see her again because obviously in the present day she had um, she had passed. Yeah, this was this was a really, really good show and I liked it. And my number one was 227 i just thought everything i loved everything about this show i loved the acting i loved the script i loved the 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 the, the comedy it's incredible how all three shows are what 30 40 years old and they've all held up tremendously well the jokes were still funny yeah everything worked the way it was supposed to work and obviously yeah this is a a way for us to give Marla Gibbs her roses because she's just she's like a sitcom queen. Obviously everyone will talk about Claire Huxtable and the car space but um, for me it's like yeah Marla Gibbs like everything she has been in has been great and 
And this is a, another, another tremendous show that she was a part of. So I think, yeah, on that, on that note, it'd be a good place to bring it to an end. And um, yeah, Yesterday's Capers is available wherever you get your podcast from. So download, like, share, subscribe, listen, do all of those things. Keep on doing those things. I appreciate everybody listening, everybody doing all of that. We're on the uh, socials at facebook.com forward slash yesterday's capers. It's Instagram. It's yesterday's capers one. We're on Twitter at yesterday capers. We've got a YouTube channel as well. So youtube.com forward slash yesterday's capers. You just put that on the search. On the socials, you can find me on Instagram at Abdullah underscore Molim. You can find me on Twitter at Abdullah Molim, all one word. Give me a holler. Give me a shout. And uh, join us next week for the last episode of the Black History Month. God, it's gone so quickly, hasn't it? Yeah, it's, we've, we, it's, it's been an amazing month, to be honest. Amazing month. Yep, yep, yep. We're just zooming, zooming, zooming by. So, uh, yeah, catch us next time for another episode of Yesterday's Capers. <laughs>